one fight, a million shattered dreams. This is Habib versus Ferguson, a Luke Thomas show retrospective on Sirius XM Fight Nation. The misery of the March 3rd, 2017 edition of the Luke Thomas show continued after Khabib was forced to pull out of his UFC 209 co-main event with Tony Ferguson due to weight-cutting issues. We spoke to him the day before at Media Day. We talked to Habib yesterday. It was a terrible conversation. Listen to it. Luke Thomas from SiriusXM next to Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib, you got a little something over your right eye. It was a little bit swollen in the uh, last UFC embedded. No, I, I, I'm not like this, like just a scratch. No. I feel good. My eye is good. No. I'm ready to fight. I feel good. My eye is good. You're cutting weight though, right? Yes. Looks like you're feeling it a little bit. You know, like uh, Thursday, always hard day. Because tomorrow morning we have weighing. You know, Thursday is not fun day for me. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about the embedded we just saw. This has got to be like, I've never seen you featured like this. You're in that Chive commercial. You're in the uh, embedded series. The odds makers have you as the favorite. Um, does the, Everyone sort of seems to think you're the prohibitive favorite. I'm wondering what that does to you mentally. Like, does, Do you care about it or do you feel like it adds extra pressure? No, I don't care about this. I just feel UFC beginning promoting. I just feel this, you know. But uh, I don't, I don't care about this. Like, sometime before when I fight, I'm like underdog. Now I'm favorite. You know, for me it's nothing. Most important when cage close, what we're gonna do. This is most important. Other things I don't think about. Tony Ferguson. I went back and I watched some of his fights, and the one I saw of his. Now he won that fight, but it was a little bit controversial was the uh, Danny Castillo fight. I'm not sure if you've seen that one, but in that one, he as, as each round passed, he gave up more and more takedowns, giving up two with the, two in the third round and a ton of control time. I wonder if you've seen that fight and what your impressions of it were. I see it's like almost all fights on UFC, you know, he all the time have problem with wrestling guys, you know, after Danny Castillo he fight with only striking guys, but when he fight with Danny Castillo, you know, he give him like big problem, you know, my opinion he lose, and I think, you know, if, but I think he never wrestling, he never fight with uh, somebody guys who have like high level wrestling top control like I have. I was gonna say though, he has a background in wrestling. He's got the USA Wrestling logo tattooed on him. He wrestled Division One college. Is that? I mean, that's not nothing. But what do you make of it? I think he made tattoo for make his self confident. Oh, I'm good wrestler, but I don't think tattoo help him. If I make tattoo like Taekwondo, I'm Taekwondo guy. I don't think that is. I think this bullshit, you know. Um, um, one of the criticisms that's been made of your career is that, uh, at least by him and others, is that you know you're undefeated, no doubt about it. But you've never been to a five-round fight. This is a five-round fight. What do you make of that criticism? I never had problem about the rounds fight. If he, if you should make this, I can fight with him all night. This is, this is like for me is no problem. I can fight all night with anybody. And lastly, before we go, you mentioned the UFC is finally starting to promote you. Like, I'm just sort of wondering, if you're in an interim title fight, like, all the attention's on you and him, more so you than him. Uh, even your opponent is saying it's a real main event over the actual main event. I'm wondering, like, at this point in your career now, 28 years old, does it feel good? Yes, I feel good, you know. I think this is real people main event because, uh, you know. So you agree with Tony? Huh? You agree with Tony? Yes, of course. I agree with him. It's not only about me. People agree with this. 
and I want to give respect Tyron and Steven, but this fight is more interesting. Why is it more interesting? Because they fight one time and people understand it's, it's like very close fight, you know, like a draw. These guys, these guys good, like Tyron is good, Steven is good, but people want to see Khabib versus Tony because we're supposed to fight 2015, 2016, now 2017, third time UFC made this, you know. And I think that's why people want to watch this fight. Oh, even better. Let's double down on the bull, the number one bullshittery that we're having to tolerate. Dana White has confirmed to TMZ, yeah, Tony Ferguson's not fighting on this card. Yay! Great, great. I would have watched him fight like a flyweight. I'd watch him shadow box at this point. I don't even care. He can break dance like he used to. I don't care. Deadlift in the middle of yeah. the octagon. Just do some bullshit. Just do some number one bullshit deadlifts. I don't care. <laughs> with a sombrero on like he did on Twitter. <laughs> you talked about that too in the interview that we yep. had with Tony Ferguson. And he had a good attitude about it. He was super nice about it. He was happy to see you. Remember that? Shook my hand. Remember how happy we were at Media Day yesterday? Couldn't. Oh, yeah. You know what? Happiness is number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Number one bullshit. By the way, real quickly, tweet from Tony Ferguson. Listen to this. Michael Johnson tweeted, I was ready and willing to make that title uh, wait for the uh, last minute. Unfortunately, Tony Ferguson declined it. Catch you around next time. Tony retweets it and says, listen to this. Respect for your willingness to step up. UFC told me, A, it wasn't for the title, and B, less pay. What? Willing to fight you for the right price. Huh. Less pay, huh? You know what? Good for Tony Ferguson. Yeah. He shouldn't be getting less pay. Tony Ferguson joined me on the show the following Monday to discuss the events of that weekend. All right, let's get right to it. Joining us now on the hotline, he was supposed to be one half of the co-main event. I mean, literally, this fight was the reason why we traveled to Las Vegas. All respect to the main event guys. It was a hell of a, you know, those two guys are elite, but we came to see Habib versus Tony, and oh, it fell through because of Habib. So joining us now on the hotline is the one and only El Kukui, Tony Ferguson. Tony, thank you for joining us here. Appreciate it, man. Uh, no worries, Luke, man. Yeah, I was, I was just as terrified, man. I was just like, what the hell? What, what's going on here, man? It's like a nightmare. How, how did they tell you? Tell me exactly what they said to you. Well, I found out from my wife. Um, I, I felt like shit in the morning, uh, just cutting some weight. I had like two extra pounds to cut. I didn't really feel too good after I, I tried to hydrate a little bit. So I laid down, you know, take a nap, a lot of stress. I was like, all right, cool. I woke up, and I hear my wife, and she looks at me like somebody died in our family, dude. And uh, I was like, what's going on? You know, like, shit, t- just tell me. And she said that Khabib just left or just in the hospital, that something's oh, not going on with him. And so that was the first time I heard about it. So I, for me, immediately, I was pissed. I was like, oh, this sucks. I was like, we're so close here. I was like, I hope you're all right. The first thing I did was I sent him a tweet. And I was like, man, I hope you're doing okay. You know, like, just fucking heal up. You know, we'll get we'll get to the fight. That's what I'm thinking. And just like an hour goes by, and then, you know, I just found out that they weren't going to fight and um, that he was actually in pretty bad shape. And, I mean, you got to be in pretty shitty shape to have to go to the hospital like that. So let me ask you this. This might sound like a weird question, but how much weight do you cut? I drop from about 195, 200 on any given day. Um, I walk around about like 195, 190, you know, but I don't, I don't start fight camp like that. You know, I, I start running. I start cleaning up my diet. You know, I even stop drinking dairy products, which is like one of my favorite. I love milk. I love cereal. <laughs> so, 
let's see how it's bad. But it's it's one of those, like I said, it's one of those sacrifices I make. It's a small thing, you know, for glory and triumph. But uh, man, I walk my my wife loves me around like 200 pounds, man. I'm plump, but I'm happy. I'm not thinking about nothing besides my next meal and just having fun. And but damn, it's a lot of weight, and I understand that. But I mean, we're at the tip top of our level, bro. Tip top. We're yeah. Supposed to be the we're supposed to be the elite, especially fighting for a championship belt. You got to so is- not eat tiramisu. You got to make weight, man. Tony, when you saw that tiramisu thing, did it drive you crazy? I didn't see it until I went back afterwards. I wasn't paying no attention to Khabib's camp. I, I wasn't watching Embedded. I, I would watch mine once in a while if somebody tagged me in it. But I was focused on the fight. I was so focused on making sure that, yeah, I felt like, shit, I put on some extra weight this fight. I mean, everybody could see it in my physique at open workouts. I mean, the cut was not easy, but it was very tedious, and I knew what I had to do, which was I had to be strong mentally. And if my body was hurting, I had to kind of like push it aside and be like, you know what, you're okay. It's almost there. You're mentally tough. You've been here before. You're professional. You can handle it. So, so, so okay, I heard they paid you your show money. Is that true? No, they have not paid me a show money. They, I have not uh, received any kind of funds yet. They said they're going to pay me. So, um, you know, just, I, I'm, you know, just kind of just like one of those shitty things, man. Just, uh, I'm waiting to see who my next opponent is. The biggest thing is I have a spot on my wall that I have for the belt. Like I, I really put in a lot of time and effort right next to my Ultimate Fighter trophy, and to shut every fan up that ever hated on me or made me hesitant to post up any fucking family picture because of all the hatred that was going on. It sucks, man. I mean, that's a part of the game. I understand it. So, you know, we're tough. So me and my wife, we actually kind of laugh about a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's the same thing with family, dude. It's just crazy. I never, I don't want to put my family through this thing again. I really don't. But if I have to, you know, obviously we're going to have to talk. And there's going to have to be some assurances. But I'm still waiting. So we'll see. So our- uh, does that mean I? Because uh, Ali Abdelaziz apparently just went on the show you were on, my my colleague Ariel Hawani show, saying they they still want to fight with you. I mean, are, would you even? I mean, I know Habib is the like a, would be a great fight for you and for the fans and everyone. Does that even still sound plausible to you? Obviously, I want to beat the best in the division. Uh, I said that um, when I broke my arm, I had to take a I had to swallow a tough pill, which was a year and a half layoff. That was really hard. Uh, since then, it gave me enough energy to be able, uh, just not that, but just momentum, just to go out there and get nine straight victories. Uh, I've beaten top guys in this division. Khabib is, is supposed to be ranked there. I don't think he should be ranked where he's at, personally. Um, yeah, Michael Johnson wanted me to fight me, but his ranking would do absolutely nothing for me. It'd be like I broke, like, like did nothing, like, and I would have to go backwards. I didn't get in this division to go backwards. I did. Yeah, I, I got here because this is the shark tank, and I wanted to fight the best. So you either got—I mean, I can't put any people in my head. You got either Nate, Eddie. Well, I want Connor. Give me the damn belt. Like I did, feel like I'm the most one that showed up. I'm, I'm the one that's put in the time, the effort. Markable or not, I can give two fucks. My skill set is way better than that boy's. So you can try to cross sword of boxing, but you got to defend or vacate, buddy. What did UFC say to you about when they want to contact you to get things going again? They're letting me cool down. Um, you know, it, it's kind of sinking in. It sunk in when I was watching the Wonder Boy and uh, T. Woolley fight. And I just kind of was kind of it was a harsh crowd, but they played they played a chess match and not checkers, so I respect that. 
but it just kind of got to me that I worked that hard. And I've invested so much time and money into to my house and remodeling and into my, 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 my project that I have with my academy coming up and trainers that I brought in, flew in so I could, you know, get the tip-top best shape of my life, man. This is the best fight of my life. Man. So like three, three, three years almost in the making or two or three. I forget how long it's been. And how many headaches have I've shared with this dude? And now his management wasn't smart enough to take them to the regular UFC hospital. But yeah, he's supposed to be one of the best in the world, supposedly. So that's something I don't get. Like, he's big dude was kind of scary. I, I don't know. Like, I saw him at Wayne's. Or not Wayne's. I saw him at the face-off. And I could read him. I read him like a book. The dude tried to punk me out. I'm like, dude, you can't punk me. You can't shake me. Because I've seen people like you before. And he was scared. I think he was scared, too. I mean, just a lot of emotions. I think, uh, you know, I'm not trying to bash the dude, but I think he could have toughed it through. Um, Dana said, you know, the fight could have been salvaged. Yeah, here I am now with my family. We're shaking our heads, and it's kind of like, what, what's next? Man. So, so okay. So let's think about this for just a second because we're really short on time. Um, the Johnson fight, I completely understand why you didn't take. In a perfect world, Tony, a perfect world, and I know that's not the one we live in. Far from it. But if there is one, what does the next six months look like for you? Now, listen to this, though. I did not say no to that fight. What I said, the terms had to be right the same terms because I'm not taking a pay cut. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Because, and then the time and effort. And so, but besides that, now you was talking about what was your question? In a perfect world, what does the next six months for you look like? I'm going to keep training. I'm going to wild card this week. I'm going to black house. I'm going to Eddie Bravo's and I'm going to get some great sparring in. I'm going to call in these dudes. Actually, if I don't even go that far, I'm going to call in people in my academy. I'm going to get my sparring in. And I might actually do like a Facebook Live or something like that and take subscribers because I guarantee you people will pay for my subscribers to watch me fight these dudes. And it's funny because I feel like I, I haven't fought. I have so much energy. This is one of the longest camps I've ever had to prepare for. Nine weeks. Almost ten. That's frustrating, man. That's like sexual frustration, bro. It's like kind of like, damn, I just got to go out there. I got to get this adrenaline dump. So I'm going to be knocking heads, man. I'm going to be practicing. and I'm not going to lose any momentum for this. I'm ready to fight. If he wants to go before Ramadan, maybe we'll talk, but there's got to be some assurances. I mean, I love the company I fight for, man, and I'll always have the back. But this has got to, this has got to stop with this unprofessionalism, man. It's, it's a disgrace to, to what we're fighting for. You know? And yeah. uh, I believe it's something completely different, and I think the fans got robbed straight up. Uh, I can tell you, as media, we got we got robbed too. We all came to see that fight. Look, I really admire your professionalism, Tony. We're up against a break. We got to let you go, but uh, thank you for making time for us today, and thank you for handling the situation. I think as well as anybody could. All right, thank you. No worries, man. Thanks. Yes, sir. There he goes. Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim, slam it with the left hand. There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the Sirius XM app and Pandora Podcasts. After the third failed attempt for Khabib versus Tony to meet at UFC 209, we were left wondering if we even wanted this fight to get booked again. There's a question about what to do with Habib and Tony. 
you know, it wasn't just that that fight they were supposed to have at 209 was highly anticipated or that people wanted to see it. I mean, yes, all those things are true, of course. It's that it was frankly kind of necessary to an extent. Now, no fight is actually necessary, but insofar as fights become helpful or important or meaningful, this was just about all of them. And it was happening at a natural time and place when it needed to. Who knows what Connor's going to be doing? Tony was healthy. Habib was healthy. They were ready to go at a similar timeline, and they had accomplished enough where that meeting made sense. Like, it was a natural order of things coming to fruition. And then, of course, Habib failed to make weight, and the whole thing fell apart. But now the question is where you go. Because those two guys are the most deserving. It's not clear who really is the most deserving. I mean, we can debate it, but we can all agree it's pretty tight. Someone has to ascend. I mean, they literally can't even hand out the interim title now because this is so foobard. So the question is, what do you do? Do you just wait until Connor comes back and give him Nate Diaz? Nate Diaz is not going to fight Tony. Nate Diaz is not going to fight Habib. We all know that for all the reasons we've articulated a thousand times. So really, what do you do? It's just, I mean, do you, do you really try and make it a fourth time? Ordinarily, I wouldn't say something like that. And when we were talking about this last Friday in Las Vegas, when it was fresh on my mind, you'll note on this show, I said, I think we've lost it forever. But now that we've had a few days that have passed and have given it some more consideration, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that you can give it up at all until something crazy happens. But as it stands, you frankly need that fight. Now, this conversation has come up in my live chats on my podcasts. This conversation has come up on this show. Everyone's still talking about it. Like The interesting part about UFC 209 was that it had good fights and it had meaningful fights, but you'll notice how quickly the talking points about it or the interest in talking about it died down. Died down a lot. Quickly. You know, in Conor McGregor fights, we can surf on those results for days. On this one, it's a little bit harder. Do you still want to see that fight? Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. People still want to see it after three failed attempts. Think about how big, how important, how, at least on paper, good a fight has to be for it to have this kind of demand amidst this much failure. I mean, it's incredible what you have to have. And that magic is still there. Tony Ferguson would go on to claim the UFC interim lightweight title against Kevin Lee at UFC 216. Oh, you cannot try to find places to rest if you're Kevin Lee. You've got to be moving. He should be defending right now. Not only he's in trouble. He's in trouble, Joe. Let's see if Kevin can survive this. If Tony can it's better if the arm the is across. Yes. Oh, it. That's it. Tony Ferguson. He went out. Has done it. Tony Ferguson is the UFC interim lightweight champion of the world. With a possible matchup with Conor McGregor and the undisputed title to claim, he joined us that following Monday on The Luke Thomas Show. Tony Ferguson joins us here on The Luke Thomas Show. Tony, one more uh, question about that streak you were on, the 10-fight win streak, now culminating with a title in the span of four years. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Maybe you are. No one in the history of the UFC has ever, in the U uh, lightweight division, put 10 wins uh, together. Surely, I mean, the belt must be nice, and the paychecks are getting bigger, and so are the cards, and so is the notoriety. But I'm wondering if you can speak to what an incredible achievement that is. 
It's a huge achievement. I mean, literally, I lost to have to make that many wins. I mean, if I wouldn't have lost, I probably wouldn't have that many wins. I'd have the belt already. I mean, it's a humbling thing to, to, to come back from, like, an arm broke and time off. I mean, taking a hit and being benched like that, you know, not even financially but physically, it's a crazy thing, man. I had to rely on my the people that helped get me here, which is my wife and my, my, my team, to be able to be like, you know, you can bounce back. You have to bounce back. And if I didn't find the right coaching at the time, I had to look for it. I found decent management, good management that they gave me the opportunity. My sponsors, I have the same sponsors that I started with, man. I mean, the ones that really mattered, that, that actually cared about what I was doing, not just throwing money at me. Because that's, that's not what I'm about, man. I'm about using the products like the sauna suit that I do from Cutting Weight. You know, the guys that believe in me that the products that I use that I know are going to help benefit me and be able to go out there and, and, and to use my nutritionist. I mean, shit, Luke, I'll tell you straight up, man. I was good with my weight cut. I was believing in myself, but I got to 200-some-odd pounds and during this whole entire fight camp, and two times, actually. Hmm. I did it because I wanted to make fun of Khabib. I wanted to make fun of Khabib because I needed to put it behind me because it was going to always be in my head saying, man, why didn't that dude want to fight me? Was it really that hard, or was he just really mentally not there? And I think, honestly, he wasn't mentally there, and... um people are going to have a hard time trying to beat me now, man. I mean, in ultimate reality, I found peace. I brought that peace back with me from Big Bear. And uh, Fred Bear walks with me, man, down the trailer again. Uh, fighters have been having a hard time fighting you for the last four years. I mean, it didn't just start. But I will say, in defense of Habib Nurmagomedov, you did see his tweet, did you not, where he congratulated you? It seemed like a very genuine sentiment. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I did see that. This is a sport, man. This is... And that's why I looked at Kevin Lee like a like a like a guy that wanted my spot on the varsity team. Put it that way. And instead of a fight, I called it a competition. Um, and, and the ultimate reality, that's how I looked at this fight. He wanted to fight. He had to try to create. I call it creating an enemy to beat an enemy. You know, I did that in the Ultimate Fighter House, and I knew where his head was at. You know, because I wasn't fighting him, I had to look at myself and almost talk to myself like I was a parent. I had to talk to him like he was a, like I was a parent, and I am a parent. You're not going to yell with your kid. No, you're going to talk in a monotone voice, and you're just going to act like they, you, like a parent. This guy is a kid. He's young. He's hungry, but he's got a lot to learn. And I guarantee you, with the amount of experience points that this kid got with this, this, this whole entire fight, and the way that I've handled myself this whole entire week, I mean, it's a completely different animal, man. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I guarantee you he's going to walk away with his head up high. I mean, he needs to. He brought the fight. I mean, literally, like I said, I was in no danger at all. But to me, he, he brought that shit, man. And I couldn't have asked for anybody better. I mean, even Khabib, if he wanted to bring it to, I guarantee you he's kicking himself. He's kicking himself in the, in the head right now on the foot, saying, damn it, that should be my belt. But in ultimate reality, you got to be mentally tough when you fight me. you got to have it mentally. Like how Burt Watson used to say, if it's not here and he would point at his heart, he would point to his head and say, it's got to be up here. And then he would point to his head and he said, point to his head. And he said, if it's not up here, then it's got to be in here. He's like, and when you have all of that, he's like, that's beautiful, baby. And that's Bert. Hmm. You know, and so I really try to carry a lot of the tradition that some of the fighters in the beginning paved the way for us. You know, like the Gracies, the Sakurabas. Uh, and, and those are my two favorite fighters, really. Gracie was so calm and patient. He would take on any size fighter. I see that in myself, man. I'm a small, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, not a small guy, but I had to drop to 155 pounds and alter my body type because I was 170 pounds. It's completely different, man. And when I did that, I had to learn how to take on all comers like I did in college. 
And I'm not afraid of anybody inside of the octagon, man. And uh, Conor will pose no threat. Khabib will pose no threat. And that's where I take it with Sakuraba, man, because he was the Gracie killer. He went mm. in there with that attitude, smoked a cigarette, and I took a shot before he would go out there and fight. If I could do that same shit, I probably would, man. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And with these guys that paved the way, it's up to us to keep that tradition alive. And um, I'm, I'm really, really, really happy the way that this weekend went. I kept myself very composed the way I wanted to. And um, in ultimate reality, I, I found I found Zen, man. I, got, I straight up found peace, man, in the back. I sat there. I did my breathing exercises. And I just I let just I let it all go. I really let it all go, and I let it come to me. I didn't really have to do much to it because that dude, he brought it, man. And I had every answer for everything, every kind of problem that he had. It appears that Conor McGregor should be next. Now, whether he is next is very debatable. I mean, the the, the case you have built for the unification is airtight, other than maybe some people at the top have different preferences and they want Nate Diaz or God knows what else. What do you think is going to happen next on what kind of timeline? And really, what are you prepared to do if Connor does something that he's that you know he's not interested in unification? You know what? If he's not interested in unification, he needs to drop the belt, to set it down, and walk away. And nobody will get hurt. I said it before, I'll say it again. People are going to protect their pockets. What they need to do is they need to get interested in this fight because... It's fireworks. It's going to sell, man. People want to see me fight because they know I'm not a boring fighter. They guarantee you they're going to love the shit talk that I bring to this. I've been saving my A material for somebody that really mattered, man. I mean, literally, I beat Khabib no problem with mental warfare, you know, with all due respect, you know, to his health. It's it's completely different animal, man, and uh, it's not a lot of people are ready for me, man. I don't think Connor's ready, so if he goes up to 170, if he goes up to 185, 55 or 45 i will follow him i will haunt him and he will see me and and taste my pain guarantee it tony never got his shot at mcgregor instead another fight with khabib Nurmagomedov was on the horizon we'll discuss that fourth fight when we return talking to the biggest names in pro wrestling friend of the show cody rhodes i particularly told people living in fear is no way to live and honestly i just wanted the platform to say that we're all in this together and that we're going to get through this and please enjoy the two hours of hopefully escape and distraction uh we have for you tonight i this is a very unique time for a wrestler Busted Open, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Despite the hangover the MMA community felt after the third failed meeting of Khabib and Tony at UFC 209, they both continued to win and pressed the issue for a fourth fight to be made. On January 6, 2018, the fight was booked. So, what is the big news? Well... Marissa, this story has we, we, we when we've been covering the story on the show, we actually didn't even know how to do it because all the updates were minor to inconclusive, but they're all minor updates about a major story. So it became very difficult to know how to tell folks about it because it's like, well, we want to keep you up to date. We're not sure how relevant this is, how true it is, but it's in the news and we felt like we have an obligation to talk about it. Now I feel like we're getting a little bit closer to the Marco Polo thing, right? Where we before we were shouting it on one end of the pool, we didn't know where someone was. I feel like we're getting to some ground now where this is becoming concrete. According to all my buddies at MMA Fighting, Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov are going to get another chance to fight. 
Sources confirmed with MMA Fighting today that Ferguson will fight Nurmagomedov in a championship bout at UFC 223 in Brooklyn. Hopefully, Dougie Fresh is there at the Barclays Center on April 7th. You'll recall, this is prior to Ramadan, which starts mid-May. The matchup was first reported as being set by a Russian news outlet called TASS, T-A-S-S, but they did not mention a location. It is unclear, however, whether the fight will be for Ferguson's interim title or if absentee champion Conor McGregor will be stripped of his belt, which would make the UFC 223 contest for then the vacant, undisputed championship. Uh, Dana White appeared on Toucher and Rich today. Just take my word for it. This is a huge radio show. Very, very big one. And he mentioned that Ferguson Nurmagomedov matchup was going to take place in Brooklyn. He was not asked about it and didn't clarify anything else about it. Of course, we all know Ferguson won the interim belt back at UFC 216 when he beat Kevin Lee. This would mark the fourth time that Ferguson and Nurmagomedov have been in talks for a fight dating back all the way to December 2015. First meeting was canceled when Nurmagomedov got injured. Second, but a Ferguson injury. And then the third one, of course, was at UFC 209 when Marissa and I were there when he failed to make weight. This one at UFC 223. Well, we've gone from UFC 250 15 all the way to UFC 223. Now they're going to try and do it one more time. Okay. There you go. By the way, a strawweight title rematch between champion Rose Namajunas and Yuanian Jacek is also being discussed for that, though it has not been finalized oh, yet. I didn't realize that. Luke. So that is going to be enormous. Let me read you the rest of that card, by the way, just so folks understand how big UFC 223 is going to be. Uh, if and when they bring it to life. This is what we're going to get here. Let me pull this up here on my notes. UFC 223, obviously, we already know. Well, let's assume that everything we know about it is like locked in. So, Habib Tony is going to be one. Rose and Joanna is two. Then you're going to have Aya Quinta, Aya Quinta and Felder at three. Ooh. I'm trying to think. There's some other ones we have here as well. Hold on. I got my notes here. So, you got those three at the top. Then you're going to have um, Karolina Kovalkiewicz and Felice Herrig. And you're going to potentially have, not against each other, but also on the card, Mirbek Tysimov and Zabit Megamed Sharapov. Mm. That card is, if it holds up to what it already is looking like it's going to be, is going to be your card of the year, probably. That is stacking up to be phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's going to be huge. It's going to be in Brooklyn, which is, of course, the backyard of Sirius XM. So that's a lot of fun. But Marissa, your first reaction to this news. I love it. I, I, I'm very curious. I've been wanting this to be resolved. I just want a conclusion to this McGregor saga. It just—it's never seeming to end. I, as a fan, want to see Habib Tony with or without Connor. I want to see that fight first. I just want it. <laughs> Until I get it, I'm not going to be happy. So I love the idea of them fighting. I'm confused if it's going to be for an interim belt because Ali, Habib's manager, just came out recently and said he will by no means fight for an interim title. Right? He just said that last week. So it leads me to believe that we might be seeing Conor McGregor stripped of his title, and that I can't believe. That's shocking. Yeah, I, I don't. I know that they have individually, Habib and Tony. They have their own views about what they want to happen here. I'm sure Tony wants, you know, he wants Conor to be his next fight, or I, you know, look, everyone wants what they want. Habib was saying with his own manager, he's not fighting for an interim title, so I don't know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. So let's put it to you this way. We don't know if the UFC 223 main event is going to be for the title or for the interim title. As a consumer, for me, it makes no difference. I mean, I guess it'd be better if it was for the real title, but at that point, it creates still more complications that remain unresolved. But I'm just glad it's happening.
McGregor would be stripped of his belt and the undisputed title would be on the line when the bell rang for Khabib versus Ferguson on the biggest card of the year at UFC 223 on April 7th, 2018. On March 29th, the two joined for one of their usual fiery, sometimes hard to interpret media calls. Habib Tony won. They were supposed to fight three other times, and they just go at one another. Cut one, please. Uh, we're supposed to fight 2015. We're supposed to fight 2016, 17. Now it's 18. And, uh, you know, I hope we're going to fight. Finally, we're going to fight because this is the most important fight in light division right now. And, uh, you know, fight for real belt. Very big show in Brooklyn. You know, I'm very excited about this. We'll see what happens. That's what you you're know, wrong, man. I you, got the belt. Le, I got the belt already. That's what you're wrong, dog. I hey, have the belt. Calm down. I'm, hey, you, you say, let, let's belt. talk first. Hey, no, you no, say, man. let's no, talk yeah, first. Can I finish? You know, you, finish? Bullshit, uh, you know, you had your chance to fight for that belt. You missed it. You why, 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 why? This way, because... I talk about what? I hope you're... Hey, I talk... No, listen. Calm down. I'm going to talk, finish, and after you can talk. This is from the UFC 223 Habib Nurmagomedov Tony Ferguson conference call. All right, play this clip. No, no, no. Let's talk about numbers. Without that record from Russia, dude, you got no, 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 no. Let's talk about numbers. Let's talk about numbers. All my life, all my life, nobody make me tap. Nobody. In amateur training, doesn't matter. Never, never, never. I'm tired. Never make me tap. Never. What are you talking about? About my condition? Please calm down. Calm down. Do you have half a pound of? How you know this? How you know this? Championship weight. You okay. Okay. You. You. you, know, you I hope, you, fight, I hope you got your shit under condition, man. Because if you mess this up, you're gonna have the whole world hating on you, doggy. Okay. You finished? Nope. I'm never finished. You're gonna. Be okay. Finished. Let's talk. I'm gonna let you talk. We see you taste my jab. I'm gonna make you taste nickels and dimes. What does that mean? I don't know. He's got a lot of those little phrases that he'll throw out there. You're like, dude, what does that even mean? Uh, here's the thing. I never understand his 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 jokes for the most part. Yeah. I never understand his bits. I don't, I don't get it, but I know this. Man sounds ready to me. Okay, play it. I finish, and after you can talk. You know, well, you, you all this have the shit. I have the belt. You want Calm to down. Connor's belt? Fuck Connor's belt. My belt is the real belt. It belongs here in the Brother, you, yeah. That's where it's at. How you real belt if you actually call now interim life a champ? How you real belt? Well, you tell me I'm the real, not champ. real champ. You're not real champ. I got 10 fights. Oh, you have interim champ. No, what are you talking about? You I have don't interim, know about interim champ. I'm the champ. Remember? No, you have official, you have interim champ. No, interim champ, what are you talking about? about? Yeah, hey, hey, me and you, hey. Fight. You know, you know I'm, I'm going to give you food. I'm actually working out as I'm talking. What are you doing? <laughs> Fucking stuff in your face full of tiramisu? It's not even Tuesday, man. <laughs> hey, don't worry good. what I mean. Why you focus about what I eat? Focus because on your. You didn't make weight last time. You, hey, you know what? You took hey, food off my kid's table. Hey, don't don't for it. Hey, no. nobody pro- nobody protect about injury. No, this no, is part of the game. What 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 happened 2016? This, this hey, is more what I was looking for. And motherfucker, okay. you're going down. Okay, listen. What happened? What happened 2016? Why why you didn't come? Why you not show up? Why? Because injured. Why, why didn't you show up before that? Because your teammates are. No 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 no. We talk about hey, because I have injured. I didn't talk about injuries. Anybody can get injured because this is part of the game. You know, nobody, nobody protects. You think you protect about injured? Hey, you, you think you protect about injured? And somebody told you, you know what? This dude's tough as shit. He's tough as the nail. Hey, I feel you. I get it. I wouldn't want to fight you, kid. To be honest, I didn't understand. You know, I know Mexican language. I know English. 
But I didn't understand what you're talking about. You like stupid, you know, like your mind is like stupid. Yeah, I'm crazy. When I go, where? When we go to the case, I'm going to explain to you. And my conditioning is better than you. That was the best clip of the three. Tony is, what do you want to say about Tony, man? He is, look, none of the stuff has to make sense or fit in nicely or be poetic because he's just one gear the whole time. All the way to the max, pedal to the floor, that's it. That's who he is, fifth gear, right? Or maybe there's a sports car with a sixth. That's where he's at all the time. All the time intensity, all the time. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. He's not Mr. Zing, but he never seems to waver. He never seems to have any bothers. He never seems to be affected. He never seems to in any way feel the weight of the moment. He just drives. You were going to say King of Banter? Yeah, and you know the thing is, too, sometimes when people talk like Tony does, you get a little nervous that like they're just trying to talk themselves up. With Tony, from seeing him over and over again, you know like he's actually ready to fight. Like He can't wait to get in there. This is not bluster. This is, he truly believes everything he's saying, too. He doesn't get nearly enough credit for how mentally tough he is. Extremely. Right, because he's been beaten once, but he had his arm broken and he didn't quit. He kept fighting. He yeah. fought with a broken arm. Right? That's it. That's the worst that's ever happened to him. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit because he says these weird things and he does these weird things that don't conform to modern, not even just modern, commonly understood ways of trash-talking an opponent. He doesn't fit into that. But Jesus Christ, man, when the bell rings, ha, he's ready to go. We'll go over how this main event and the entire UFC 223 fight card was snake-bitten when we come back. Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our Defensive Line episode, which showcases conversations with stars like Chase Young, Derek Brown, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. With Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov headlining a stacked card in Brooklyn, UFC 223 on April 7th was supposed to be the biggest event of the year. But on the Sunday heading into fight week, literally on April Fool's Day of all days, catastrophe struck again. And I had to recap the bad news the following Monday. I'm with my wife shopping yesterday on what was supposed to be a day off. And lo and behold... The news breaks. And at first, I will be honest, I thought it was April Fool's joke too. But then I realized some of the people who are reporting it don't do that kind of thing. This is why I don't engage in April Fool's jokes online. Because basically, you sow seeds of of not merely discontent, but mistrust. People don't know whether you're being serious or not, and it can affect how you're viewed. Also, April Fool's jokes are stupid, is another reason. But... Okay, I don't engage in them, and it's for situations just like this one, because so many people yesterday were seeing that Tony Ferguson was out of the fight, and they're like, no way, April 1st, I don't believe it, not true, and then it became more true because more and more and more people were reporting it, verifying it, other actors who had no reason to lie in the space were also saying uh, it's true. Jimmy Smith, for example, who was commentating the gig, said, if this is a joke, I'm not in on it. And of course, if you want to, you can say it's all an elaborate ruse, but here we are, April 2nd, and it is in fact true. Tony Ferguson is out. 
of his fight for the fourth time with Habib Nurmagomedov, tearing his knee. We don't know the exact extent of it. He did put out a message on social media, which we'll read a little bit later. Um, One doctor says he needs surgery, but he's waiting to hear from another one. So I guess some of this is still in flux. But uh, it's off. Done for. Dunsky. And it just seems like the ritual now is book the fight between Ferguson and Nurmagomedov and then have a party for when it gets inevitably canceled. It's really what I, what we should be doing. And you know, it really kind of sucks too, because here's the truth. We're going to dig into every angle of this main event in just a second. We're going to be spending all show long talking about it. We're going to be getting your feedback at 844-796-7874. But here's the reality about this. UFC 223 is still a great card, guys. And I'm not just saying that to, like, boost morale. No, I'm dead serious. Look at the card. It's tremendous. Folks, the opening fight on the card is Zabit Magomed Sharapov taking on Kyle Bokniak. And you could say, well, I don't know those names, Luke. Take my word for it. That name, Magomed Sharapov, put it in your brain. You are going to be seeing a lot of him. He might be the next big thing in the sport. There was a long time when no one could pronounce Nurmagomedov either. Now people have no problem. He's just like that. It goes all the way up the car on the on the pay-per-view portion of it. Ally Aquenta, Paul Felder, Michael Chiesa taking on Anthony Pettis, Rose Namajunas taking on Ioana and Jacek, and on and on and on and on. And now Max Holloway stepping up on six days' notice off an injury is taking on Habib Nurmagomedov. There's tons to like and look forward to about Saturday. I'm okay with the moping, because Lord knows I've done it. I have done it. I have been a part of it. I have fostered it. I have wallowed in it. I'm not doing it today. I'm not doing it today. I'm not. I'm not going to get up here, and I'm not going to mope. I am sad, to be honest, about the loss of the fight with Tony Ferguson. Don't misunderstand me. It's not like I'm some sociopathic robot. I don't care. No, I care. I care a lot. It sucks, man. But we haven't had a big UFC event in a while, and we can debate, and we will debate how big this one's going to be. Trust me, we're going to have that portion of the conversation as well. But I'm sorry. Maybe I'm not as pumped as I was because that fight was so important and so hotly anticipated and so special. But I'm still excited about Saturday. There's a lot to look forward to, not merely in spite of the main event, but even in the main event itself. We're, we're not going to cry here today. At least I'm not. Now, if you still have tears out there, I am willing to entertain it because we all have to come to this realization that it just is what it is at, on our own terms. And I do want to get your feedback about everything at 844-796-7874. But Marissa, when I called you yesterday after the news broke, which I just couldn't believe, but there it was. And I said, well, we should probably touch base with Marissa, A, to see if she's on the ledge of a building, or B, to see if we can help start planning uh, the week of shows, because it changes so many things, including all the imaging we had ready, some of the guests we were looking into. Where were you? I was at my mother's house for Easter. Ah, okay. And so when you first saw the news, it wasn't my call, because when you picked up the phone, you go, I just saw. What did you see? 
Um, what did I see? I was about, you know what it is? I was about to do my weekly report. I, I submit a report every week. And I think I just went online. I was on Twitter and it just popped up. And I just, I didn't know if I should believe it either. I guess, the, and, but I saw Brett Okamoto was the person tweeting it. And to mm-hmm. me, Brett Okamoto is never going to put his journalistic integrity, you know, on the line. That's just, that just doesn't seem like for something. A, for, a, for a funny gag. Yeah, that's not, that doesn't seem like something Brett would do. <laughs> so I did believe it. And then immediately we were all, seconds later, uh, you called me. So that was there that. There we are. And look, and, and I Are see, you sad? Be honest. Are you sad? I'm, I'm really sad. I'm a little sad. Yeah. I'm really sad because even, look, they're lucky that Max Holloway is the man and is stepping in. I mean, because I think we all want to see this fight, too. I think we all want to see Holloway fight anybody, really. But the way it's going down, you know, I'd like to see Holloway fight Habib, sure, but not on six days' notice, you know? Like, I want to see Holloway after he does a whole fight camp preparing for Habib, you know? So it's bittersweet. UFC 223 would meet with disaster after disaster. The infamous Conor McGregor bus incident scratched several fights from the card, and the search for a replacement for Tony Ferguson to fight Khabib for the title was littered with issues. I discussed the craziness of that fight week at a special pre-fight Luke Thomas show remote event at McMahon's public house the Friday before fight night. Everybody thought yesterday's craziness with Conor McGregor was the story. Uh, It is not the only story. He is actually being arraigned as we speak uh, that has not happened yet in a Brooklyn courtroom. He's turned himself into the 78th precinct last night. Faces, let's see, three assault misdemeanor charges as well as a felony criminal mischief charge. So he's fucked. But we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute because we talked all day about it yesterday and I'm a little bit sick about it. Uh, if that wasn't enough of a disaster, the calamity continued this morning. Let me walk you through what happened. So I get up. The morning weigh-ins begin at 9 a.m., for a championship bout, you are not allowed a one-pound allowance. You must be on the dot. So if you're fighting for the 155-pound title, you cannot be 155 and two-thirds. You cannot be 155 and a half. You must be 155 or less. Here is the good news. Habib Nurmagomedov making 154 and a half. Did you see him on the scales? Looked shredded too, by the way. Yeah. I was okay with that. All right, so finally, the one guy we were all worried about, he makes it no problem. And then everything Everything collapsed. Uh, Okay, Max Holloway made it to 159, and the New York State Athletic Commission stopped him from continuing cutting weight. So that's out. Well, then they said, what are we going to do now? We no longer have a main event. So Anthony Pettis, who lost a fight last night because Michael Chiesa got cut from the glass from the projectile that Conor McGregor threw, he still went through with the weight cut, but he had no opponent as a reserve option. So through the reserve option, they get him to make weight. The problem is he was only ready for a three-round contest where you're allowed a one-pound allowance. He does not make 155.0. He made it a 155.2. So they said, well, maybe you can go and get two more hours to cut weight. He gets two more hours to cut weight. He cannot do it. So then they said, what about Paul Felder? Paul Felder made 155 on the nugget. His opponent was supposed to be Ally Aquinta. Ally Aquinta weighing at 155.2, but they don't like Al, so they didn't want to... <laughs> They didn't want to consider him. <laughs> so they go to Paul Felder. Paul Felder, of course, hit it on the dot. UFC analyst Paul Felder. He's been on the show many times. We like him a lot. Here is the problem. The New York State Athletic Commission would not let him take the fight because he is technically not ranked, which is indescribably moronic. Indescribably. Let me, let me make this clear. The rankings panel for the UFC is your, is your cousin... 
who makes farting noises with his armpit at the, at the family gathering and then <laughs> chuckles the r- wacky morning radio DJ at 97 point whatever the fuck, the burn in Omaha, Nebraska. It is totally uncredentialed people who have no business assessing any kind of numerical ranking system. The commission looked at that, which, by the way, it's not even a sanctioning body ranking. It's the UFC's own rankings. If they wanted to, they could have put out a press release and been like, you know what, fuck it, Paul Felder's number one right now. How about that? In your face. What were they going to say then? But they didn't do that. So now Paul Felder is not in consideration. So what did they decide to do? Well, maybe we could do a Pettis bout with three rounds. I'm told that might still be in play, but the leading candidate... The man who they didn't even give a freaking uh, identification board to, the only guy at Media Day who had no poster board, is now being considered for a title fight against Habib Nurmagomedov. Coincidentally, the only guy from New York on the card left. All the rest of them had their faces slashed and corneal abrasions from shattering glass. As I speak to you today, there, at this moment, there is no official main event for UFC 223, which is right down the street at the Barclays Center. The leading candidate is Rajan Al Iaquinta, the guy that called Reed Harris fat, old, and stupid on Twitter, the guy that <laughs> insulted Dana White's mother on Twitter. That's the guy they went to when push came to shove, King of Banter. Can what you, do you say about that? Can you imagine if he saves the card like Iaquinta? Yes, I can. <laughs> like how much you, you, had to, you, you could just throw that right in Dana White's face. Let's recap. What cost us our original main event? Tony Ferguson tears his LCL on a black cord at Fox Sports Studios trying to give daps to a friend. I cannot make that up. Uh, bad weight cuts, several of them. A, Anthony Pettis not making it, and of course, at 159, the New York Athletic Commission stopping in and stopping Max Holloway. So we have a black cord. We have bad weight cuts. We have the commission looking to, again, you know, Chuckles the Clown in, uh, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi, 92.3, the burn, whatever. They took his opinion over this, and they stopped it. And then uh, Anthony Pettis, of course, couldn't make the 155.2. This is a calamity of epic proportions. I've been doing this job over 10 years. I've never seen anything like it. Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at L Thomas News and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.